You're listening to Third Opinion MD. I'm going to play back how you sounded in the very beginning to how you sound now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very different and cool, different. Different. meaning that it's more of you coming out. I've done therapy my almost my entire life, almost in a negative way when I was younger. And then yeah. um, it was just something yeah. my parents always were like, well, you're the crazy one, so you need to go to therapy that I have. Um, two retinal detachments. I have some things in my eye and then I, ha I'm, I have no peripheral vision anymore. I call my left eye the volcano. It's just active. <laughs> it's it's gonna, something's gonna happen anytime. So I really wanna um, be proactive about it instead of waiting. Uh, it detaches or whatever it's going to do. I just, I don't think, I don't, you know, I just want to take some control. Do you really believe that, that that's gonna happen to your left eye? I, um, I have been told that it will. I have been just told that uh, because they don't know what happened with my right eye, that my left eye probably will have it happen too. <laughs> so. so that was a Western doctor that told yes, you? Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, didn't have to get this bad. <laughs> and that I can maybe help, you know, my son or um, some of our younger patients to, you know, help. You know, help you them. can help yourself. And myself, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most importantly. Yeah. Marriage is different. My husband notices. He How said, so? He said, You're happy. And I was like, Well, I'm happy. He's like, No, come on. You're actually happy. You're happy to be here. You're not. Sometimes I think that all of those things, my mom, all of that was interfering still. Like you say, she's not around, but it's still here. <laughs> so, um, pointing to in my head. own head. Yeah, yeah. It's just the energy. I would just say that's the only way I can really describe it is the energy feels different. It is different. I'm the same person, but the energy is different. What was so amazing is how your voice changed. Everything changed from the beginning to the end. I did notice that. That oh. was... You couldn't articulate. And then suddenly you were just like giggling even. Right, like, right. Which I thought, well, what is that? You know, but you could hear it. I just noticed this the other day. I have not noticed my eye flashing in the way that it had historically in the last year where it was coming on a lot, where it was just like, I would have a flash, I would have little flashes, little things. And I'm just in the last month noticed that that is all, I would say calm down, but that's how it feels. It feels like as I dialed it down, that has also calmed down. So, so you're, you're not just dialing, and I want to really stress and give more credit to everything you're doing. You're not just dialing down your anxiety. You are also working on the chi and the eyes with the eye qigong. You're doing herbs with your acupuncturist. You're getting acupuncture. You've done tapping. All of these things are helping to regulate the chi flow in your body again. And that flashing in the eyes, remember the eyes... Uh, the liver opens to the eyes. This is if if you're just listening to this session for the first time, you need to go back to the first two episodes of season three. The idea of the eye connected to the liver, it is a thing. It's not just in your head because you're you are it's such a holistic way that you're approaching it. And that's why I wanted you to journal every now and then. You don't have to do it every day with the Qigong. The beginning was really interesting, mm -hmm. but it, you're going to have that appointment coming up with your ophthalmologist. Right. Yeah. When is that? It's coming up this like month, a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do I tell him? Do I not? <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell him anything. Yeah. I Ask think I'm, I'm, just, you know, and even if nothing has changed, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good news for you. You want it. Yeah. I want, you want it to be stable. Right. Right.
But what if, I mean, go in without expectations. You don't have to engage with him because he's not going to understand liver in the eye. He's going to probably just ignore it. No. Yeah. Though some people will surprise you. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Is it okay to switch gears to talk about your genogram? Please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you get the two that I sent you? Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Uh, Much just clearer. I can see. Yeah, for the listeners out there, Ramey has eye issues, and the worst thing I could have done was send her a one-page summary of her genogram. (laughs) (laughs) So I sent it to you on two pages, and I wanted to go over some of it. We can add some information to it and make sure there aren't any errors to correct. Mm -hmm. And the genogram is a work in progress. And what I decided to focus on with you, and this is, again, based on what you asked for, which was relationships rather than diseases. Yeah. There's an interesting thing about genograms. We're going to go over a couple of concepts. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, go back and listen to the very beginning. This is all going to make more sense. But if you refuse to do that, here's what I'm going to tell you. A genogram is a family system map. And as a systems thinker, we're all connected to things around us. So regardless of our relationships with people, they are there, whether they're cut off or fused or close or distant they're always interconnected. So it's not a matter of changing other people. You hear sort of the cliche, you have to change yourself. Well, systems really dictates that because no matter what, everything changes. So even when we cut people off, there's still the ability to change. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. You've got the two pages put together. Because Ramey's doing an in-depth genogram analysis, this is an extension of what I would normally do with clients. We're taking this to a deeper level. And instead of three generations, we went back to two, three, four, five generations, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the husbands I put in? I know, I know. <laughs> I know, that was so uncanny. I found all that info. Yeah. That family keeps really good record. This that is was really the- interesting. The great-grandmother. I'm already confused. (laughs) I once had to do a school for college, a a family assignment, and I just laughed the whole time. I was like, you don't. You have no idea. I know. Well, (laughs) this is why we're taking the deep dive with this. This is your. My great grandmother. Your great grandmother. Maternal. Possibly. So, so secret uh, rumor. Yeah. That she poisoned. But you know, who knows what that meant back then if it was four, just she's had a lot of boyfriends. I don't four know. Four husbands? Four husbands. I've heard like husbands. To death or to death. Oh. They had they just happened to die. They just died and no one knew why and it was spontaneous. Wow. And it just kind of was a pattern. Wow. And so then it was well, of course she poisoned them and then it was well, of course she keeps poison books and then it, it just sort of spun from there. So I think it's more like well, this is really family. Um, you've got to research this more. I know. And it these, is really. And who I know, and these I people mean, took these things to their grave. You know, I mean this right? stuff. And I know I don't mean this in terms of a true crime interest. I mean this in just wow, how this stuff unfolds. Yeah. You cannot make this stuff up. No, I know. I know. I know wow. you spend a lot of time in my life telling people just about my, just this like first page and they'd look at me like I was, you know, you're making this up. I couldn't. If Wait I wanted show to. show this grit. <laughs> if I wanted to make this up, there's no way wow. I could do this. Yeah. So and this I was fifth, this was husband number five? I think so. I think this was the most. I wonder why he didn't get poisoned. And I, he, I don't know how he died and I don't know when he died. Oh. I know he's dead. 
Oh, no, he died. So that could also be oh. something. She just went from husband to husband, and so I don't know if that's the time period, but there's something. They all died. They, <laughs> they all died before quick. she went to the next husband, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole mythology, family mythology behind that too. I actually heard that first from my dad when I was growing up. Oh. I took that over to, you know, my sister, my mom's daughter and my mom, she, they confirmed it and then had their own kind of stories with it. That session was less about recording than more about your process and experience. It's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. It's almost like when there's infamy or secrets in the family, it's almost like a badge of honor sometimes rather than shame, or it's one way we'll deal with it. I get, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Not just one husband, four husbands, you four. know? Like, yeah. <laughs> four and fast. Like those dates were throwing me off. How do you know? Yeah. It, it, the dates of the death and the marriages. Yeah. That was interesting. Take a look and make sure I have everyone in the right place. And notice I, I, do. I was able to put the three marriages for each of your parents. Mm -hmm. And then I put some distinctive relationships and I may change it depending on the questions I'm going to ask you today. Okay. What you see with the jagged line with your stepfather, and I'm mm -hmm. going to leave his name out, is that that's hostile. And you mm -hmm. see the key there. The one with your mother and sister, was it fused before it was cut off? Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Fused. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Uh -huh. So we're going to change that and then cut off. Yeah. I will say to this day, I don't think they can stay cut off. So I would almost guess that they're back to fused, even though they don't live in this geographically together. She would probably be the only child my mom could have contact with. So I don't know if they have contact. If I would bet on it, I would bet that they were cut off. And then after her husband's death, they fused back together. That's a completely natural thing for that to happen. What a fused relationship means is that one of two people are in a relationship together and one of them or both of them are giving their self up yeah. in exchange for two operating as one person. That's what fused relationship is. Okay. It can be a mutual fusion, a case that I could give an example of even as a one person being fused is mm -hmm. patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I now pronounce you man and wife. Okay, what? why isn't it man and woman? Or, you know, why isn't it husband and wife? Now it, there are more progressive things, but when you would hear that kind of language or in the patriarchal society, that's what was expected, that the wife would submit herself, give up her last name, give up her identity, become Miss, Mrs. Smith. Mm -hmm. In the case of your sister and your mom, it gets a little bit more complicated because we're going to talk about triangles and then we're going to talk about okay. these relationships. Okay. What's happening to you with the work that you're doing with the journaling, with the Qigong, with the acupuncture, with just being ready to work on this, with the tapping, is that you're dialing down your anxiety, your angst, your overwhelm, any emotional imbalances. I like to say emotional imbalance rather than mental illness. Emotional imbalance implies, Makes sense. doesn't it? Emotional imbalance it just implies that you can go back into balance where mental right. illness implies that you have it forever. And I right. disagree with that. Yeah. So when you have an emotional imbalance, especially anxiety is what drives people into these kinds of relationships, whether it's fused or cut off. And what's interesting about cut off is that you've written off that person as incapable of change. 
But what happens is, is that fusion and cutoff are so connected in terms of relating to people that it will go bouncing back and forth between okay. fusion and cutoff. So your cutoff does not resolve the issue. And you know that already. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. are trying to yeah. self-preserve and take a step back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when you go back, because it could go back. Right. That's always up to you right. and up to them. In the literature, Monica McColdrick is the one that really pioneered a lot of work in in genograms and family systems. So I'm drawing from her work for the most part, and I'll list that as a reference on the show notes. One of the things that I notice is they talk about when you're a mature adult, but I want to actually replace that with when you're in balance. Because maturity, <laughs> what does that mean, maturity? Because you can become immature. Exactly. So the idea yeah. of like going in and out of balance, yeah. or even when they talk about different ways of determining personality types, like the Enneagram, there are ways to shifting in and out of your personality type. When you're back in balance, you can approach it as a systems thinker. So what I'm going to call for you to do, not anything now or ever, if you don't want to, is that a systems thinker understands the interconnectedness between people in a system. You're mm -hmm. still connected with your mom and your sister. Mm -hmm. whether it's cut off or fused or close or right. positive. Right. The question is, can you show up without bringing your stuff in, no matter how they treat you, to check in now and then for their availability to talk? This is mm -hmm. more of a question and not even a call mm -hmm. for you to do this. If you're able to do that, if they're still you know, coming at you, you go in mindful mm -hmm. and you step back out, but right. you're letting them know when you're ready that that's something that could happen. And they will change as a result mm -hmm. of that because mm -hmm. they're connected to you too. It's the right. other way around. It's bi-directional. So in systems, you're influencing the system by changing yourself. Even removing myself from it yeah. or being removed, I know has changed them. And I don't know, you know what I mean? Not saying like, oh, I've changed them. I'm not saying that. I just mean that they have changed because of this. I, I know it. They have different jobs. They live in different places, but I don't know how much they have. I mean, I don't know how much that change is based on like, hey, Ramey's the bad guy, <laughs> which is fine. I'm fine with that. I'll be the bad guy all day. If, if that made you more stable and you got a job and you're taking care of yourself, perfect. Even as the tapping reflected disruption of being affected by being rejected by others, what others thought of you mm -hmm. and that was repaired, doesn't matter doesn't matter. Huh. It doesn't matter. Mm -mm. And it will also change triangles, which mm -hmm. we'll go into also. Because the triangles and the relationships are connected. Yeah. So what do I mean by a triangle? It's not a triad. A triad is when three people have a relationship with one another. The smallest unit of like a human system, the smallest mm -hmm. unit is two people. Okay. Two people can get along great, right? People who are best friends for life, happily married couples, colleagues who work together, they can have a two-person relationship. When there's a strain in that relationship and anxiety increases, one way of dealing with that is to bring someone else in mm -hmm. and have them as a focus. Not even just a person. It could be an object like a kitchen remodel <laughs> that leads yeah. to a divorce. Yeah. That's the triangle okay. or a dog family okay. pet, or it's not just an affair. Right. It's, it could be anything. Yeah. I'm going to change your, the line from close to fused with your mother and with your sister. Mm -hmm. And then what I have here with Mary Rose, mm -hmm. is it okay if I mention her name? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Hi, Mary Rose. 
<laughs> You're <She's> listening. listening. <laughs> she is. <laughs> you have a special place in my heart. Yeah. So I have I have Mary Rose here, and I I see that you guys were cut off but repaired. Yeah, I would and say that, that seems kids, appropriate, right? Yeah, yeah. As kids, not just our parents, families cut us off. She's just an awesome person. So she, it was really her. I, I didn't really know about her other than what people told me. And it was usually negative. And whenever I saw her, she was just like was the opposite of what everybody said. So <laughs> Mary Rose did for you. Right. That she remained. And this is the thing that I encourage you to do with others that you're cut off from. Okay. Is to remain generous no mm -hmm. matter how they deal with you. And what do I mean by generous? What Mary Rose did, she was generous with you by not attacking you, not defending. She kept anger and blame out. Mm -hmm. And she was just checking in. Yep. She was able to come in in a balanced way and check in with you without judgment. Yep. Exactly. And look at what you guys have now. Exactly. And I even have a relationship with her mom, which is great. is great. I mean, if I went and told the Boshes that they would, my grandma would start talking about a rocking chair that Kathy stole from her 50 years ago. You know, that's how, <laughs> that's how stuck they all are. It's pretty you know, stuck. I, I can hear yeah. my dad from beyond like, no, you know, she's crazy. Or so, you know, his own judgment coming <laughs> in, right? That's his first ex-wife. So yeah, Mary Rose has taught me a lot about that and how to, how to. So you're, you guys are now, I put it as a one, the line is just positive. That just, just means positive. positive. Just yeah. positive. It's like, you're just like a regular family relationship. And I think we both have respect for each other's boundaries and all of that. Yeah. And should I add, was she, is she married or? He was married. Boy, they've been together since Mary was 14. So they met when she was 14? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a little bit older. They and were divorced then, about 2017, 18. 2017? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I'm a year off, yeah, that's tell okay. Mary, I'm sorry. I know. Okay. <laughs> she I'm might not. like to forget. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll just, I'll just make that a note of that. Yeah. And he's still around and has a good relationship with his daughter. So that's okay. good. They've been able to maintain both of them. When we talk about triangles, it's inevitable. All families end up in triangles. It's how long they end up existing. Okay. And if you recognize the triangles, then you can de what's called detriangling. That sounds so <laughs> grammatically incorrect, but it is a correct term in, in systems. To detriangle yourself, the idea of recognizing it, you would be able to say, okay, if I relieve the tension within myself, well, then that triangle dissolves. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have to focus on them at all. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And you're already doing that work. I feel a lot different about it. And who knows what will happen. And then just knowing that like, this is not history repeating itself. Or is it because my mom and her sister had that fuse cut relationship? You often get into that. Well, this is just what happened. My dad said, well, I knew, always knew this was going to happen with your mom, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Remember systems is the same it's the interconnectedness. It's the inevitability of change. Okay. This is very similar to Taoism, to the philosophy of Taoism. The only thing that's constant is change. Yeah. Taoism is actually quite a systems approach. Take the mysticism out of it. It's right. not the religious part. No. It's the philosophy. And then the idea of 
whatever you do is a ripple effect. You don't have control over it. It doesn't matter. As long as you can flow with and adapt and your ability to adapt to your environment is resilience. That is so important for me because that, I feel like that statement like lowers my blood pressure. <laughs> and I think it was something I always had to do as a teacher. I had to figure out a way to, this kid is always raising my blood pressure. So how do I get to a level where what they do isn't impacting what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. So I feel like as a teacher, I sort of worked on that. I didn't know I was working on that, but then de-triangling from students all the time, all the time. And then now it's patience. Like I'm not going to let what they said or they're at, you know, that doesn't need to affect me for the rest of my day. You know, that I'm breaking out of that. I know I'm a real person that would somebody would say something and it would just spin in my head and live there. And I would just, it would physically start to hurt me. So then my blood pressure goes up or cortisol levels go, stress hormones go up. All of those things start to impact. Let's talk a little bit more about the EFT research. Mm -hmm. It lowers cortisol levels. It lowers the stress response. So your response to the stressful stimuli. And one of the reasons is that when you have a stress response, there's something called limbic system. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. The limbic system, just think of it as your primitive brain. So what do you do when you get into a very stressful situation? The tendency is for the limbic system to take over. And then your executive function in the frontal lobe is then redirected to the limbic system so that it's fight or flight or a parasympathetic collapse, you know, with the vagus nerve. It's one of those things. Yeah. But what the acupuncture points were demonstrated to do was to restore the connection with the frontal lobe and the cerebral executive function. Yeah. So cool. It's so cool. And it totally works. It's a holy word. And I can, I can, my marriage is different. My husband notices. He said, he said, you're happy. And I was like, well, I'm happy. He's like, no, come on. You're actually happy. You're happy to be here. You're not. Sometimes I think that all of those things, my mom, all of that was interfering still. Like you say, she's not around, but it's still here. It's still there because it's here <laughs> so you're um, pointing you're pointing to your to your my head. own head yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's still there even though they're not and um that 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 changed with that session too so wow. I'm also consciously making decisions and you know okay but he said really bothered me I'm just gonna take a minute you know <laughs> and yeah. not respond the way I used to which is just just let, you know, just an immediate response or, um, it's just the energy. I would just say that's the only way I can really describe it is the energy feels different. It is different. I'm the same person, but the energy is different. Yeah. I feel less stressed. Clearer. Your energy is clearer. It's flowing. Mm -hmm. The energetics of living systems, trust me, will be a part of medicine in the next 25 years, a bigger, bigger part. I hope so. And either people are going to catch the train or they're not. Right. I was just trying to catch up on some statistics on mental health, for example, on how we're doing in the United States. Over one in five people, according to the CDC, are having some form of moderate mental illness. 
over 50% are seeking help. You have an addiction rate, especially with synthetic opioids, that has increased to levels that I could have never imagined. 10 times the number of overdose deaths in 2021 compared to 1999. And it's getting worse. And with teens, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started with kids because those poor people need us more than ever. And this is why I'm trying to teach more than just the drugs and the therapy, because yeah. that is so not enough. Not enough. We don't have enough. I read about the advertisements or hear them where they, they say, we have over 25,000 therapists that can go online with you. Who gives a... <laughs> Oh, you know, oh, no, right. sorry. I need almost you say, myself. Who gives a resty? Yeah, there we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who gives a what? A rusty. Have you ever heard that? It must no. be a old, uh, what we say? Well, I would say a backwoods saying, who gives a rusty? Oh, who gives a rusty? <laughs> Followed by the F word, but you could just say, who gives a rusty? Who gives a rusty? <laughs> I don't think I've ever used that and I may never use it again. You may never use it again. <laughs> I've got a lot of those. <laughs> but really, do, who who cares yeah. about 25,000, by the way, burnt out, overworked therapists that you're asking to meet with online with almost zero connection mm-hmm. with who you are? It's trying to like fill one hole in a bucket that's missing the entire bottom of the bucket. Yep. We have to do something so quickly and open the doors to other medical systems. If we don't do it now, and I'm going to tell you, when I was in training in psychiatry, oh man, they they really shot me down every time I bring up the possibilities of what if this could be cured? What if we did this another way? And they got angry. Mm-hmm. You know what? They can continue to get angry in their ivory towers. People can get angry in their fixed rational, bounded rationality. But that's why I'm telling you all, the listeners, the people who are trying to take care of themselves, including healthcare workers, if you do this, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you expand your mind on including the best of what Western medicine can do, and also the other opportunities to take care of yourself and empower yourself and restore hope, it's totally possible because things are actually they are going to get worse. I'm not yeah. trying to be a doomsayer I, at all. I'm just. No, but they have been getting worse and it's only just, you can see it. I mean, if you know, you're a doctor, if you know doctors, you can You, I mean, it's just getting worse every, it's like every day. <laughs> oh, it, it's yeah. almost yeah. daily. And when you and I were kids, we didn't have to deal with school shootings. When we were kids, we didn't have to deal with social media. We didn't have to deal with girls in particular with the expectations of being pigeonholed into some role, whether it's too good or too slutty or too this or too that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it I that's who we need to really help. And mm-hmm. boys too. But mm-hmm. but girls in particular, st- the same stuff is still happening that was happening to us. I know. I see that 30, too, 40 I, years I ago from my friends who have teenage girls and they're like, is this happening? That was happening to me in 1990. <laughs> that same scenario you're talking about. It's just different medium. It's just different mediums. Exactly. It's just happening That's, online or on yeah. the, it was before it was on the way home from school, walking. You yeah, know. It was in the playground. Now it's exactly. online. Yeah. Huh. yeah. That's why. It's so important for everyone to bolster their own defenses, 
Yeah. And I don't mean defenses to not get shot or it right, means to your right. defenses to, so that you don't have to, it's that yin way that I talked about. You don't have to fight. You don't have to get sick. You don't have to get surgery mm -hmm. if you bolster your own defenses so that you don't need to fight. Right. I mean, mental health is something that is going to be a whole season, but I, I I've always been very passionate about that. And yeah. it just, it's it music to my ears to be holding multiple studies of something that I was very afraid to talk about I bet. 15 I bet. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange because it seems like it would be, have been different 15 years ago to talk about it. It feels like it would have been more accepting then than now for some reason, but it's the same. You I don't mean know like why. energetic energetics or yeah, or just like um I just think about well, maybe 15 years ago isn't that long ago. I just think about when I was a kid, it was a lot there was a lot more when I was in school. I remember teachers were a lot more social, emotional health of the kids was really important. I think a lot of the reason why I came out the way I did and sort of is because I had a social emotional support because I had adults around me that understood how, how important that was to kids to help them with a sort of a safety net. But it goes uh, in waves, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I think it just, you know, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in dysfunctional systems, sometimes you'll get systems traps. And so yeah. some goals will become more important than others. And then it waxes and wanes. Which makes perfect sense in education because it is that it's, it's reactionary. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we don't want to be that way with our health either. You don't want to react constantly. So what we're doing is strategy again, the whole yeah. way. Yeah. It's I actually know a lot of physicians in different specialties who are acupuncturists mm -hmm. and some of my favorite, if you, if you had a neurologist who was an acupuncturist, isn't that amazing? That would be amazing. They're, they're That's out there perfect. and I know two of yeah. them very well. They're oh. wonderful, wonderful people. Wow. And they, and it changes your whole perspective. Yeah. I feel like just as someone who spends like a few minutes with a patient about their eyes and their health history, I have a totally different, even just what I say to them is a different perspective in that. And they'll approach. open up to you. Yeah. They'll probably tell you something else that they wouldn't have told you before. It's, it is, it, they do. It's amazing what people do open up to you about in five minutes of meeting them yeah. when you ask a certain question a certain way or remain curious right exactly yeah exactly. yeah when we look at your genogram i left diseases out but i would like to maybe add some things if you think mm -hmm. they're relevant like for sure. example jim i want to add alcoholism for sure anyone else who had alcohol issues uh his dad donald yeah okay my grandpa's father john h was a severe oh. alcoholic so both sides of the family oh yeah you had some issues when you were younger i definitely i think you could be an alcoholic without ever drinking uh just having that mentality i drank a lot like in college Okay. Since I was like 10. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's be real. 10, let's bring this but on out. and off. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. my dad would say, go get a beer. And then I would wow. take a sip. Like that was like my whole life probably. Yeah. Uh, my mom was, we didn't, she did not have alcohol around at all. My mom did not, but at my dad's, I mean, we were the kids that were like sneaking cigarettes and alcohol because the adults were all too wasted and, you know, in a, in a fun wasted way, it was never negative for me, but yeah, it was my whole young adult life until, until COVID really. And then I was oh. like, yikes. <laughs> so that was 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So you did what people don't usually do, I did which the is opposite. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. 
I love it. Yeah. So from 10 years old yeah. to 40, what was that? 42. Two? 42. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting that it's 42? Because what is 42 the multiple of? Is it six? <laughs> seven? Yes. And seven. <laughs> yes. Both. But more importantly, it's seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you get an A plus. A plus. Uh, what I mean by seven is that in Chinese medicine, women go through a transition in their lives, in their life cycle, every seven years. Oh, and then, then it's every eight. Uh, this stems from the ancient classic, the Neijing chapter one. The Neijing is an ancient classic of Chinese medicine from 200 BCE that talked about the life cycles. Now they didn't just pull it out of thin air. They were observing this for thousands of years. Right, Even at right. that time, they were yeah. talking about what the ancients were saying and notice that that's 42. That's interesting. It's not just COVID. Right. A lot of right. people started drinking during COVID. Yeah. It's and a lot you of were drinking less. Yeah. How much are you drinking now? I don't drink at all. I haven't drank since my dad passed away. That was around that time of 2020, November, 2020. I had a drink with my sister after he died. He'd be like, oh, we'll go get some tequila and have a shot, you know, as you do. And then I was like, I don't really want that. And then it just sort of, I just was like, I don't like what this feels like anymore. It doesn't do anything for me. It makes me sick. It's kind of like what sugar is doing to me now. Where if I have a cookie at seven oh. o'clock, I will notice that in the middle of the night. So I notice, I'm noticing the same similarities. We're approaching November, Ramy. Maybe this is another time to make a decision. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> just planting a seed. Same, just planting the seed. I know we haven't talked a lot about food yeah, and nutritional yeah. stuff. You know, there's a lot that we have to focus on in a consult. We have to kind of pick and choose. You already know the answer to what yeah. I'm going to tell you. Right, <laughs> exactly. And I think it's not, it's important for me to listen to that and trust that. I think I want people to know too, that I didn't go into this and stop and do any sort of major lifestyle changes, acupuncture herbs. I was doing the meditation, but as far as like diet, I didn't do anything drastic. I didn't go on any crazy exercise plan. There was nothing like that. So these physical changes, emotional changes, the emotional changes are helping me physically. I have less of the physical symptoms that I had before. And I, yes, it's a little bit diet, but, and I'm noticing that, but something has changed. I don't wake up with that nauseous feeling anymore. If I'm sick in the night, I know why it's because I had a baked potato and that's going to mess up my blood sugar. Or I had two cookies and I know that that was over my, because I had a coffee earlier in the day. So I, my constitution, I'm getting to know that a little bit more and how, <laughs> see, I'm using the I words. Mean, it's all, it's like music to my, I'm holding my yeah. ear because it's like music to my ears for you to talk this way. I mean, I can't tell you, I get so happy with this. Yay. This this makes me, yay. yay. <laughs> because it's that self-awareness. It's that waking up yeah. to what's possible yeah. and knowing that it's not just in your head, that the root in Chinese medicine, the root of almost all internal disease is emotions. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll tell you, it has only helped. It has not hurt me where I feel like if someone had given me a pill and a prescription, I would have side effects. I would have lingering things. I would still not really address the things that I'm I would still have physical symptoms. Then I would probably get treated like I'm a type two diabetic. So, you know, mm -hmm. let's just get you on the type two diabetes train, that kind of thing. And I feel like once I start those medications, I can't get off of them. So 
Right. Uh, and no one is telling me. I'm not ignoring doctors' advice right now. No, no. <laughs> this is all alongside <laughs> seeing all, Western yeah. physicians. Yes. Yeah. They're going to have an effect that we talked yeah. about when you get better saying, oh, well, maybe you weren't so much at risk or maybe doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what they think. You don't need credit. Right. You already know where credit is due. Right. Exactly. It's you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because you've got to work on the emotional stuff first. That is the most important thing that I mm -hmm. will tell all of you. If you don't work on the emotional stuff, you can work 24-7 on physical stuff, on everything else. But until you work on the root, you can't work on the other stuff. Now, you can start to work on food. And Chinese dietetics is another branch of Chinese medicine. So we have Qigong, good mm -hmm. acupuncture, body work, herbs, and food. Food is one of my big interests. And I had just finished a culinary medicine certification with Harvard this past summer. I'm very excited to combine that with my knowledge of Chinese dietetics. So I'm going to give you an introduction of what you can do for your constitution. And then I'm starting a new program right now that I just started with another client that's called uh, Food is Therapy. So FIT. Oh, cool. It's oh, very cool. cool. Yeah. And so far it's going really well. Oh, cool. The idea is that it's not about me writing a big report at the end. Instead, it's check-ins. Yep. So it's like 30-minute check-ins, about six of them over a 12-week period. So every two weeks we meet. But it's a lot easier to do that FIT program, to be honest, after we do this health yeah. strategy consult. Yeah. I'm experimenting right now and working the other way around and starting with the client with that and maybe moving in to the health strategy consult. There'll be different experiences. Yeah, which I like about this program is that it's different. I have a friend going through this with you now. Um, and I just said, it's just, I could tell you what I'm experiencing, but it's going to be different for you because it's going to be different, you're a different person and you need different things. Yeah. And so it'll, you just, you just got to go in and, and know that it's tailored for you and what you need and not based on what I needed or something like that. So, yeah. And, and you know, that fit program was born from that person not the one you're talking about, but right. another person saying, I don't think I'm ready for that deep dive yet. Would you consider yes. making a smaller yeah. program? And I thought yeah. about it and I thought, sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want, I just want to be authentic and I want to give as much value as I can for, yeah. for you. Yeah. And so your work needing more work on the genogram and on the tapping is one yep. thing. Another yep. person may yep. need more work on Qigong, which I did with yep. another client yep. or other clients. Yep. There's so much about what we take in energetically from foods and whether they match or mismatch our needs energetically in mm -hmm. us. Think of it as almost like two musicians mm -hmm. playing mm -hmm. music together. There's this dissonance and then the band splits yeah. up. You know, you just don't. You have to right. weigh that in if we're not in tune with our body. And we've been trained in our Western medicine thinking to only see is mm -hmm. believe, not observe right. what is happening. Right, exactly. Over yeah. time. Then you end up eating things mm -hmm. you shouldn't eat and you don't listen mm -hmm. to anyone because you can't pay attention to what it's doing yeah. to yourself. Someone can have weight gain and still be starving right. for yeah. nutrients. This gets really confusing for people because they think, well, I, I'm eating so healthy. Why am I still gaining weight? If your digestion is weak, and that's kind of the starting point for Chinese medicine, I believe. And this is why I focus on preventive medicine more than the interventive right. stuff. And it's good. I mean, herbs mm -hmm. are good. Acupuncture is mm -hmm. great. Body work is great. But you're the one that can do the Qigong and the dietary yeah. and the lifestyle. 
And if you don't do those three things or a measure of those three things, the other stuff is just sort of mm -hmm. pouring water in a bucket yeah, with holes yeah. in it. You have to nourish yourself with the foods that will actually be integrated into you. Because if your digestion is weak, you could eat the healthiest thing in the world and it would just not right. get in. That's why people are wondering if I'm eating all these raw salads and I'm eating all these vegetables that are not cooked and I'm still not losing weight. It's because people who have problems with weight gain and not losing weight in a way, you know, like they're trying and trying, they already have a weak digestion. So we have to match your energetic digestion with the foods that can nourish and encourage you to digest okay. better. Yeah. I feel like just being aware of that is, is helpful. I'll even though I'll eat like a cookie and I know, you know, this is going to wake you up at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I know that that is, I know. So I, but I do it anyway <laughs> and then I'm up, <laughs> So, but I think just being aware of it, noticing I'll just eat popcorn. You know, it's like one of those things, like, I don't need, I'm fine. I don't want to eat, do that. I'll just do this one little thing. And then I'm still hungry. You know, I'm not sleeping well. So it's all, it's, yeah, it's not nourishing myself and, and taking care of myself. <laughs> Listen, nourishing yourself with food can become a very joyful yeah. thing. It takes time though. Food is a, a gentle way. And I'm, you're seeing my hands sort of mm -hmm. like up mm -hmm. and down here, right? It's a gentle way of bringing the yin and yang back into the middle so that each time you have something that's more yang or more yin, it's not this extreme, you know, like sugar, yeah. you know, and then having something that's dampening. If you're eating foods that are extreme to correct an extreme condition, you will end up in an extreme imbalanced state perpetually. The idea is to gradually bring it down. And that's why people have a hard time because we're used to in this culture of taking a pill and I feel better, yeah. you know, or just thinking there's no hope because you see all these people that are portraying themselves as perfect. We have a lot of images in the media that are just quite harmful to just being mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we take away all the diversity, which, which is so important in systems. And it's important in your body to have diversity of foods, but before you can eat all those wonderful, healthy foods, whichever country or institution recommends, you have to understand what your body needs first in order to get to that point where you can eat the healthy foods. And some people have to eat foods in a certain mm -hmm. way. Half the battle is how you eat, when you eat. That's, I feel like that's where I'm at. Like I know I should eat what I can eat that won't, but it's now I'm getting into like the timing and also getting over food aversions that I, that are coming up at my age of texture. And like what, what kind of foods are you? So I don't eat meat with? anymore. That's been a few years um, of me not eating chicken or any beef, any pork was the last thing to go. Um, but it all went the same way. It started to just taste. It wasn't a philosophical reason of, you know, these are uh, why some people stop eating uh, animal meat, but um it was, uh, they, it tasted like I could taste the field. I could taste, sometimes I could taste even urine. I mean, I don't really know what urine tastes like, but this it's like a smell kind of taste situation for beef. I could, it just tasted like cow manure um, to me, just and chicken the same way. I was preparing it a lot with my son's food allergies. I had to do a lot of home prepare food. Chicken, I just could not do anymore. What proteins are you getting? Not too many. I would say right now, the biggest source is like a whey protein in like a shake form. Mm -hmm. I try to do beans, leafy green 
spinach, stuff like that. But even that I get a hard time with because I think about like the processing the grocery store. So then I'm like, I'll just grow it at home. And then I never grow it at home (laughs) to eat. So then I'm like not eating it. I'm having a hard time with that piece, even vegetables and fruit. I have a hard time with sometimes just because it's like even cooked, even cooked cooked. is better. Raw uh-huh. is is tough for me. I sometimes I feel like I'm gonna choke on like a carrot or an apple. I have a real weird choking thing that I'm gonna choke. I don't feel like I have any constriction. Mm-hmm. It's just it the texture of things, or if I know it's been out at the grocery store, so people around it. So it's uh, my husband would say, "Well, that's nuts. Like you're that's you're overthinking this." But I that's just what I think about. <laughs> What element is overthinking? Oh, you're going to say fi- like fire? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. It's the oh, spleen. Okay. The spleen is about intention and thinking and concentration. When there's excessive worrying or rumination, that can affect both digestion and thought. Both. And I just don't want to eat. Then I'm just like, grossed out. But then I don't lose weight. So <laughs> then I'm like, well, what's then I'm, yes. So we'll just eat popcorn and For that'll you, be fine. <laughs> That's, that ends up where I go. You know? I'm not having to say a word yeah, when I'm looking are. at you right now. Just Yeah, I am, I'm stomach, not pointing so any I've fingers. Had to, I've had it to have does. a heart to heart with popcorn about. <laughs> You're going to have to have a heart to heart with eating yeah. late, with the popcorn, with any raw okay. foods, actually. Okay. So I feel better because I always have this thing of like, oh, it's better raw. So you should just gag it down. But what do you know? What do you know intuitively? But it's though? not. It's not better. Mm-mm, it's not. Yeah. It's not for better me. for you. Right. For you. And the fact that you've taken away warming, blood building foods like mm-hmm. animal protein and it, it it is, it's really tough. There are a lot of us that want to be plant based, mm-hmm. but some conditions warrant that you have to bring in some things, just to even temporarily or just. Look with a different perspective. Yeah. Every food yeah. has chi, and it can be either very beneficial for yeah. you or not. You have to think about the organics and the sources where foods come mm-hmm. from. From this console, we'll give you some basics. And one of the the first things I'm going to go over with you, most of it is going to be okay. food behavior. Good. Yeah. And I think there's moments in my life where I could go back to where I, I was doing that a little bit more and following, you know, just kind of and we were doing mindful stuff at school. So everything was, you know, thinking about what you're doing in eating. I was living also at, for a time with my mother-in-law who made great meals. I grew up with a lot of not mm. so great cooks um, at all. They just, they didn't cook or they just were not, you didn't want to eat the food. Just being around her too and her food, like how she cooked and the variety of what was in the meal was all different things. You know, we'd have a vegetable, you'd have a protein, you'd have a balance in your food. She would always make my lunch. And so I had these very balanced, good tasting. I never thought about where they were, you know, how it was prepared because I trusted her preparation. Yeah. So, you know, all of that makes sense of the energetically what was going into the food helped me on the other end. I have started to notice where those, I guess I would call them intrusive thoughts. I don't really know what to call them are creeping into things that I normally would have been okay eating. 
So that's when I know like, okay, maybe this is of something that's, you know, it's one thing to like, okay, I don't like potato chips. Well, that's not going to hurt you if you don't eat those. But if I'm cutting out every source of protein and then I'm starting to cut out fruits and vegetables, like that's eventually, you know, that's not healthy. So um, think about something mm -hmm. related to this and we're going to call it what it probably is. These are obsessive thoughts. Mm -hmm. And totally. Yeah. Totally. So yes. that's, yeah. So obsessive, obsessive, compulsive, and I don't like to say disorder because these are obsessive compulsive thoughts because the compulsion is really more like an avoidance. You're more yep. like an obsessive avoidant. Yep. Very traceable. But if you think about where you're missing your elements, what are you missing? Earth. Earth. And, and, and wood wood but yeah. mostly but a lot of earth what's the goal of earth spleen especially the spleen channel what I is the role of the spleen channel the spleen is that people can exist without a spleen or if your spleen no. goes haywire right we're not talking about the same spleen remember we're oh, talking right. about okay. chinese <laughs> yeah so let's switch switch, switch let's switch my... gears <laughs> let's talk about the spleen with a capital s with okay. which is nourishment nurturing support and center some of the things to think about tapping for have to do with trust mm -hmm. and not necessarily trusting yourself it's everybody else <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> look <at> that <laughs> well you know think about if you can't accept support yeah and can't accept nurturing and yeah. nourishment that's why I think it's wrong to say, oh, this is obsessive compulsive disorder. Let's give that person a medication. You're not taking care of the problem. In fact, it's just part of the same pattern. Yeah. You treat the root and that will go away. It will go away. Yeah. This is your next chapter. Yeah. I really feel like that too. So this if you, if you want to work on that in the future, right? I think we can do it okay. because- with a combination of tapping, focusing on sort of the, the nutritional aspect of it. Because mm -hmm. what I normally will do for someone is I'll, and, I, and you'll get that little write-up of sort of the basic do's and don'ts, sure. but we can't even go there yet with you. We mm -hmm. have to first go to this root issue of the inability to nurture and nourish yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that strongly when I was listening to the podcast. That's why I sent you a little nudge over the weekend mm -hmm. because I was listening to all the recordings. And I could hear it. I, in fact, you know how, you know, in the movies, how no one figures it out until the very end. And then suddenly it's all flash, 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 flash. So like, well, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, you know, and, you know, you finally see everything yeah. together, all the chapters put together. The foods, it will be hard to counsel you on which foods to eat until we tackle mm -hmm. the ability to take in nourishment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most important things that I would say is that the takeaway of, of the next step, because you've made such great strides up to this point, mm -hmm. not having as much flashing in the eyes, you know, mm -hmm. handling sort of your environment better, noticing things, feeling calmer with things that are normally triggers for you based on what you've tapped for so far, yep. your family responding to you. These yep. are all big things. Big. Yeah. And foods, it's just another thing. Yeah. Just one more. And I think it's good timing. Do you have any questions about the questionnaires? Nothing, nothing. I mean, they were all really in-depth. I feel like it was very thorough. I feel like it went through things that I would never have even thought about could be related. And then once I started to answer the question, I'm like, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. You know, just 
in doing that, it was helpful. In just doing the questionnaire, it was, I feel like that was all helpful, but I don't think anything really came up. I met you, just the right person at the right time saying the right things, kind of cued into what I knew I needed anyway, which is uh, what has worked before, which is just that energetic work, doing something outside of Western medicine, because Western medicine had no answers for me. But knowing that I still, I wasn't healthy, even though I was being told you're perfectly healthy, everything's fine, cholesterol looks good, but I'm, but I'm not, I didn't feel good, you know, mentally, physically. Um, and then also dealing with just living your life and having to not repeat the mistakes of the past. <laughs> so we started talking about just how I was feeling, which is rare. You validated that the feelings I was having weren't necessarily, not necessarily, I don't want to say normal versus abnormal, but they weren't something I had to just deal with, that it was just not part of menopause. It's not just because you have high myopia that you have retinal detached. It's not just because you're a woman between the ages of 24 and 44. You know, there could be something else to do. That's when we started to work together. And I started to really recognize that other people do uh, take their own healthcare steps. They don't just, they go to doctors, but then they also take all of the information and then make their own lifestyle I think I'm lucky that I can do some things with just my lifestyle that can really help. But I think everybody can. Well, <laughs> everybody. that's isn't that the purpose yeah. of the that's yeah. so the the health strategy consult wasn't about you leaving Western medicine. No, not at all. Not at all. I don't think we even it was really about Western medicine. It was really just more about and I would say alternative because we always say this is alternative medicine. It just it's just something else. It's not Western medicine or Eastern medicine that I'm teaching you. What I what I was teaching you is how to tap into your best medicine, and that's drawing from what you need, whether it's Western or Eastern or especially self care, things you can do for yourself. That's the kind of medicine that it should be the medicine of the future. I'm your host, Barbara Delatori of Third Opinion MD Podcast, and I want to sincerely thank you for taking the time to listen to season three. This is a narrative that was born from the inspiration that my mother started. She was the pioneer who said things before people were ready to hear them, but I think you're ready to hear it now. This is about a quiet revolution in healthcare, which is about searching inward for your inner strength in your ability to heal and be in charge of your health. So here's to my mom. This is the 15 year anniversary of her death, but she is really going to live on with what we all do together. Thank you. Third Opinion MD podcast is produced by me, Barbara Dillatore. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle. Any comments made by the host or guest on Third Opinion MD reflect opinions about healthcare and self-care please consult with your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Thank you for listening.